You're listening to a message provided by Antioch Bible Baptist Church in Gladstone, Missouri. We intend this to be a helpful resource to you as you grow in your walk with Jesus Christ. This is intended especially for those who are unable to attend our worship gatherings and therefore were unable to hear the teaching of God's Word. This should not replace your gathering with our church as a member. If you're checking us out for the first time and are looking for a church to visit, we hope that you enjoy this content and that it impacts you personally. Thanks for listening. We're going through the Psalms this summer, and next week is our last Psalm of the summer. We're doing 10 Psalms uh, per year, and we're going to finally get to 150 here down the road. I think I talked to you about it before. I've already asked, uh, Steve, could I be the 150 guy? Uh, I'll be 80 years old. Uh, I was talking to a lady last week. He said, that's no big deal. My grandfather's 88, and he's still preaching. So I'm going to be 88. Maybe I'll hang around for the next whatever goes. It depends, depends on my... My doctor's in the room. It depends on my doctor, too. So, all right. He takes good care of me. All right. That's good. If you have your Bible this morning, we're going to look at Psalm 19. Uh, one of the, every psalm is a great psalm, but Psalm 19 just really lays out the significance and the importance of, of the Word of God and looking forward to walking through it. I don't want it today to be information only. There's lots of information here, but I want it to be transformation. That when we hear what God has to say, it'll have a transforming peace in our life. Amen, church? So we're going to do a lot of working our way through it, uh, but I hope you'll be encouraged by that and that uh, God will encourage you uh, with his word today. I would say, I mean, every word, every book of the Bible is, is God's word. It's, it's great. There's something significant about Psalm 19 uh, that's one of the classics uh, that really just champions the significance of God's word, the relevance of God's word, the convicting work of God's word. Without the word of God, we really have nothing because in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. God is, is the word and we get to hear from him what he has to say for us in Psalm 19. As I thought about Psalm 19, I began to just reflect back, oh, maybe the late 80s or the early 90s with our founding pastor, Brother Joe Krieger, who served here for 30 years and started this church with 17 people in his, in his home. And I always enjoyed those times as a, a younger guy, probably my late 20s then, just to to hear him, and I always enjoyed when he kind of brought me into the office with others to kind of just, just kind of learn and listen what he experienced. I remember one time he talked about just what will make the church in the years to come unique. And I remember what he said, maybe not verbatim, but here's what he said in essence was this, that Antioch will be unique in the days to come because we believe in the word of God and by God's grace will be committed to God's word. That's a good reminder for us, church, that God's word is relevant, that God's word still has something to say today. It's not some out-of-date, archaic document. It's the living word of God. This word in Psalm 19 was penned thousands of years ago, but it's just as alive today as it was when David penned these under God's inspiration. So today, looking forward to just working our way through uh, Psalm 19. Let me pray with you, pray together, and then we're going to get started. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for the privilege of assembly today. Uh, just thank you for being a God we sang about a moment ago, a God who knows. Uh, you got, you're the God who knows it all. You, you know my heart. You know the hearts of the people in this room and those who are watching online. And so today, God, we, we ask and pray Use your word today. May we hear what you want us to hear. 
Your word is alive and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints and the marrow. It just, your word just goes for the heart. And so today, God, convict us. I'm convicted. I'm challenged. I, I feel today I'm even speaking or teaching above my level of obedience. So God, I just, before you just say, help me to, to give out your word in a way that makes much of your name challenge us in this room today. God, change us, we pray. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And together, church, we said, amen. Amen. Psalm 19. Psalm 19 is a section of scripture that champions the significance and the truth of God, that God's word is relevant, that God's word is truth. So we're going to work our way through these psalms. We're going to first look at this, this point here in Psalm 19, 1 through 6, that God communicates a universal witness. He, he communicates a global witness of who he is and what he's like. Psalm 19, 1 and 2, the Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God. Just look up, amen, church, and you see the greatness. The word glory here speaks of the weight and the heaviness of who God is. I think it's Chuck Swindoll who says, God is the heaviest of the heavies. God is heavy, man. His, his creation just speaks of his greatness and his goodness. He talks about the glory and, and the sky or the expanse above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech. Every day, heaven, the universe is giving you and I a speech telling us there is a creator God. Now, we don't worship creation. We worship the God who created creation, amen? We worship the creator. Sad to say, in our culture, most, a lot of times we're, we're worshiping creation. Creation was given to point us to God and to give God the, what he deserves as our creator. So day after day and, and night to night reveals and communicates knowledge, the Hebrew word here for God. We're going to look and see two terms for God. God himself, that word, and then the word Lord. The word God here used in this picture of creation is the word Elohim, and it speaks of the strong and faithful God. John, or excuse me, yep, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God is creator, God, and he communicates this in these opening verses of Psalm. Our God is great. He's great to be praised. His greatness is beyond discovery, church. His greatness is beyond searching me. It's, he's an awesome, great God. Psalm 19, 3 and 4. He says, there is no conversation. There is no speech. Heaven's talking to us, man. The universe speak, is speaking to us. There's no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. From Gladstone, Missouri, to London, England, Papua New Guinea, you name it all, all of us get to see the glory and greatness of God, all right? We see it. There's, his voice is always heard. He says the measuring line that, that communicates the message and, and the voice of God goes throughout all the earth, all the earth and their words to the end of the world. We don't even, if we didn't have the Bible, we still have creation. There's just, God, we, just, we look and there's got to be somebody greater than us, 
All right, now thank God we, we have a Bible. There's many people who can't even read the Bible or have a Bible, but God and his greatness and his grace, they, they can know. Okay? They just, he, God puts that in their heart that they know there's, there's, there's a God that's greater. There's a God who created. Now they've got to make that decision to, to make that determination to realize that, but God is able to speak and he is speaking in creation. You think about God's language, God's voice never stops just day after day and night after night. I've been on this planet for six decades. I mean, it's just the same thing. I'm just seeing, just always see it every day, every day, every day. We just see it. Let's just see it. For example, uh, the Milky Way. That's our, the neighborhood that we live in is the Milky Way. It's a galaxy of over 200 billion stars. According to NASA, it would take a Voyager spacecraft traveling at the speed of light, which is 186,000 miles per second, nearly 100,000 years to travel across the entire Milky Way. 100,000 years. That's how vast this one galaxy is. And scientists believe there are 200 billion galaxies. It's crazy. God, man, his greatness. The heavens declare his greatness. On July the 12th, just this summer, some images came out. Maybe you caught them on television or you caught them on your your device uh, from the James Webb Space Telescope. The telescope was put into gate and engaged in December 25th. It traveled a journey of 1 million miles from Earth and then it began to take pictures. Here's the picture after a million miles. Here's the picture. This picture here again reveals the depth of God. 200 billion galaxies. I can't put my, and they're just telling us that there's galaxies being created and created. He hasn't hasn't stopped creating. He's still creating. What a God that we serve. Amen, church? What a God that we serve. Tim Keller puts it this way. Nature speaks to all without audible words. It is a nonverbal communication that there is a God, that the world is not an accidental connection of molecules, but the meaningful work of an artist's hands. That's the God that we serve. So God not only communicates a universal witness, God also communicates a scriptural biblical Bible witness in chapter 19, verse seven through nine. So God speaks through the skies and God speaks through through scripture. So we're gonna navigate and work our way through these six, what we would call six perfections in these three verses. And these verses also communicate to us the value of God's word, that God's word is living and alive and, and God's word changes us, church. Are you with me? You know that it changes us. So we're going to work our way through it. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of different things here. So here we go, all right? We're going to just work our way through this particular section. In this section, we're going to see now we've had God, Elohim, the strong and faithful one. Now the transition is Lord, capital L, lowercase, capital O-R-D, speaks of Yahweh. It speaks of the identifiable name of God. Uh, it, it speaks of the, the person of God. It's more of a personal God. Now, God is God, but this Lord is a more personal picture of God through his word here in these particular sections of scripture. 
And so the first one he brings out here, the first, what I would call perfection of scripture is he says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The word law here is not the 10 commandments law. The law here speaks of a comprehensive term of instruction. The law teaches us, the law instructs us. The law of the Lord is our truth for life. He says it's perfect, meaning that God's word is enough. It's not the Bible plus some, a book. It's not a Bible plus something else. It's, it's the word. It's complete. It's comprehensive. It's all that we need. He said it's relying or reviving or restoring the soul, meaning that the word of God, church, it just changes us. If you spend time reading God's word, it, it changes you. It, it, it convicts us. It challenges us. Because this is a living document. This is not some archaic, out-of-date document. This is a living document. It's, it's a living, the living word of God. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.12 that the word of God is alive, all right? And living. It's alive in a living word. So God's word is sufficient. God's word is enough to change my life and to change your life. And we're always in this process of being changed. I, maybe you've got there. I, I haven't arrived yet. I'm, I'm always learning. I'm always growing. I'm always making mistakes. I'm always sinning. I'm always confessing. And just working through that. Amen, church? Okay. I know you guys are all pretty much got it together in here. I just want to... Sorry about those three or four guys that had amen with me. So we're... Yeah. Reviving the soul. 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17. All scripture is breathed out by God. And is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, that the person of God may be equipped and complete for every good work. This book we call the Bible is a living book, a living book, church. Second, the testimony of the Lord is sure. The word testimony, we get that, communicates a witness. God's word, not only is creation a witness, but God's word is a witness to us. It communicates what is true about who he is. Uh, that God's word is, is timeless. It's sure. Uh, meaning that God's word is relevant. Uh, that God's word is trustworthy. You can trust this book, the Bible. There's thousands of manuscripts of the Bible that have been saved and brought together that we know that God's word is alive and God's word is relevant. Now, we don't make God's word relevant. Today, I'm not making this relevant. It is, it is relevant, all right? God's word is living. It is relevant. Psalm 119, 89 and 90 says, Your eternal word, O Lord, stands firm in the heaven. Your faithfulness extends to every generation as enduring as the earth you created. Isn't that, a, isn't that a, just a great verse? That, it's trustworthy. It's, it's his eternal word. It extends to every generation. This generation, God's word is still living and alive. It's trustworthy. He says it's simple. The word simple here doesn't mean like it's easy or hard to understand. The word simple here defines a person inexperienced or uninstructed. It has the idea really of maybe even being someone who is morally vulnerable. vulnerable. They're just simple. They're not stupid. They're not dumb. They're just not making wise decisions. Right? And so God's word helps you make a wise decision. 
Let me give you an example here in Proverbs 27, 12. The Proverbs are really good, by the way. All of it's good, but the Proverbs really give us some good wisdom tips. The sensible person sees danger and takes cover, but the inexperienced or simple keep going and they suffer. They, they're, they're simple, they just don't get it yet, all right? We all don't, or sometimes I don't, don't, it just takes time. We become simple, we're uninstructed, all right? We're vulnerable. Andy Stanley has written a book called The Principle of the Path and just really gets a good word on this. He says this, the direction we choose, not our intentions, determines where we end in life. Think about that, the directions, the directions we choose determine where we end up in life. And the decisions we make are huge, aren't they? Sometimes we make decisions that we make mistakes. And by, by God's grace, we can still navigate and work around that. But determined, making wise decisions, making wise decisions. God's word makes us wise. God's word gives wisdom to the simple, to the simple. I think it's Keller who puts it this way. He defines wisdom this way. Wisdom is becoming competent with regard to the realities of life. That's, I'm gonna read it again, that's a good one. You wanna maybe jot that one down. That's a, that's a good one, church. Wisdom is becoming competent with regard to the realities of life. I need wisdom, you need wisdom. We're not that smart, right? We need wisdom. You can read to the book of Proverbs, 31 books or 31 chapters in Proverbs. You can read a proverb for a day in a month, you can read through the entire book of Proverbs. I mean, it is just pregnant with truth. Wisdom. I need wisdom. We, we never arrive and get there, all right? We never, you think you get to a certain stage in life, you got it all together. You don't. We're always growing, always making mistakes, always working through it. We need the wisdom of God. It's not wisdom of God plus somebody, all right? Dr. Phil, any, what are you going to fill in the blanks? God gives us what we need to know. Number three, the precepts of the Lord are right. The word precepts communicate the authority of God's word, the motivation, the direction and action of his word. God's word is right, meaning that God's word is accurate, that God's word is trustworthy, it's truthful. Jesus said in John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy word. Your word is truth. Sanctify means to change us. God is changing us in his word as we grow. And sometimes for me, it's like three steps forward and two steps back. We just kind of keep going and keep moving and keep going. And God is faithful in our lives with his word. Rejoicing the heart that, that God's word is not this, that, that God's word is this, right? It's this, it, it lifts us up. It challenges us. It gives us real joy. The prophet Jeremiah put it this way in Jeremiah 15, 16. He said, your words were found, God, and I did eat them. I was eating your word and they became the joy and rejoicing of my heart. The, the word, just to say, God, we, we, I love a meal. I'm, I'm getting hungry already. You guys are probably thinking of food already. <laughs> so we, got, we have to eat so every, but the word of God, the living, I mean, church, the living word of God that feeds us, that feeds us. Number four, the commandment of the Lord is pure. 
Again, that a commandment communicates the word of God, the authority of God's word. It is pure. God's word is ethical. God's word is pure. It's, some would say it's clear. It's, it's, it's his word. It's, his word is not ambiguous or vague, right? Now there's challenging passages in the Bible that I, I still got to navigate and work through the book of Ezekiel. Wow, it's just, there's some crazy stuff. How do you work through all that stuff? And so we grow through that and we learn through that. But God's word is pure. It's good. It teaches. It helps. helps us. It enlightens our eyes. It, it informs life and who we are. We live in a dark world, church. All right? Not to be a negative or down, Debbie Downer. We live in a challenging season right now. And we, there's always been those challenges. Our, our country is changing. It's a different country. Different perspectives, different priorities. It's, it's, right, church? It's different. It's different. But we serve, the, we serve the same God, church. The same God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there's always been, you go back to the first century, unbelievable what the Romans did in the first century. Unbelievable. And the first century church flourished. Right? I just think I said it last week too. We can't hunker down. We got to keep living out our faith. Amen, church? being gracious in our culture. We approach it with conviction and concern, but yet with compassion, all right? We, we can't lock it down and just huddle down, church. We can't huddle down. Where you live matters and where you work matters. Where your kids go to school matters. That by God's grace, we engage our, our culture. That we engage and we step into that. That his word lightens that and gives clarity to life. That's Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a, a light unto my path. The fear, number five, the fear of the Lord is clean. The word fear here doesn't speak of this kind of, oh man, this fear, like, ah, I'm scared of something. I'm like, anybody scared of heights? I, like, like right about here, I'm hurting right here. I mean, it's just like, I'm, I'm not a heights guy, man, right? But it's not that kind of fear. It, it's, a, it's a fear that speaks of the greatness it has the awesomeness of God. We fear him. He's an awesome God. He's a great God. It speaks of reverence and, and humility. Psalm 119, 120, the psalmist said, I stand in awe of your laws. Think about that. In God's word, do we, do we stand and live in awe of God's word? That's convicting, isn't it? to spend some time in this book, what that could look like in your life and my life, to be faithful, to have that sense of an awe of his word. It's clean. God's word is free from impurity. It's free from error. It, it endures. God's word endures forever. Here we are centuries and thousands of years and God's word is still enduring. It's still remaining, still doing its work in our lives. It's faithful. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Isaiah 40, verse 8. I love that. He just, it's, he's faithful. Number six, the rules of the Lord. The rules of the Lord are true. Again, rule speaks of the guidelines that we need, direction and instruction. It's true that God's word is correct. God's word is reliable. God's word is dependable. Amen, church? I'm going to keep hanging here with me now. I know we're going through all the... The suffer, but hang in me. That, that's a good, a good word there. His instructions are good. It's true, correct. It's accurate. His word is reliable. 
it's altogether right, it's altogether righteous that God's word applies to every culture. It's not confined, confined to America. It's a word that goes around the world, changing lives. And by the way, God is doing some amazing things in the Philippines that'll blow your mind. I, my friend here, Ted, remember Ted, back, you were there maybe eight years ago or more, 10 years ago. It's just crazy what God is just doing in the Philippines. Lives being changed. The Filipino people are amazing people. Their biggest export is people, Filipinos. They're, they're, they're everywhere around the world and they're brilliant. They're brilliant. We were there 10 years ago plus with your, your family and they, some of those are just speaking three languages. I, I can barely get the ling my language, English. I'm, I'm struggling even today. But, you know, they can speak it. And just, it's amazing what they do. And they're gifted. And they're smart. And they're sending out people around the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you what's happening, church. And it's just the way it is. It's the, 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 the gospel is always moving to, to the left. Right? Back in Europe, it was happening. Now it's pretty much dead in Europe. I mean, there's still some things happening, but they're all messed up. We're, get, we're getting all messed up, all right? We still have the word, but now God's moving the word farther west. And it's amazing what they're doing. They're go, they, they go to, we can't go to, to, we can't get to Vietnam. We, we can't get in Cambodia. We, we can't get in Laos. And they're going there, preaching the gospel and changing people's lives. It's just, it's, it's amazing what God is doing around the world to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. And by the way, church, we better stay in the game. Amen, church? We got to stay in the game. Got to stay faithful. Faithful to God's word. Psalm 119, 160, the entirety of your word is truth and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. So God's word communicates a, a universal witness, a scriptural, biblical witness, and also it creates and communicates a personal witness in Psalm 19, 10 through 14. That God's word is transformational. It is not just this archaic dead, it's a living, it's a living word of God and applicable to every person's life in this room. That God's word has application for your life. And here's what David does. He elevates the value and the worth of God's word. Let's walk through this and we're gonna, we'll wrap it up, right? First, he says, God affirms his word. In verse 10, more to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the dripplings of the honeycomb. Now, what's that more to be desired is talk, talking about? The more to be desired is the word. It's the law. Uh, the, the things he's been talking about is the precepts. It's the truth. And so he said, they're, they're more than gold. Uh, gold sounds pretty good, but this word here is, is more valuable than gold. It's adequate. It's sufficient. In my research, I came across a statement that historically they say gold and honey in that time were valuable commodities in the ancient world but God's word are even more valuable than gold. God's word is adequate. God's word is enough. God's word is sufficient. Number two here, God's word warns us of our sin. 
moreover, by them, and by them is, what, is Psalm 19, 7 through 9, all right? Moreover, by them, your word, your servant is warned, and in keeping them, there is great reward. That God's word warns us, right? About sin, about the way we live our life, about our character, about our culture. It, it, he, God's word is, it warns us all, all through scripture. It's good. It's like a parent. We, we warn our, why, why do we warn our kids? Don't play in the street. Why? Because we, kind of, we love our kids, right? Amen? For our kids, it was stay in our yard. Don't leave the yard, right? You, you, you can't leave the yard. In fact, when they went out in the street, there was no like second chance. It was, it was discipline. It was like nailed them, got them, right? Why? Because we want our kids to be protected. God uses his word in our lives to protect us and to grow us in his word. He warns us of sin. Pay attention to God's warnings, church. As a believer, you will experience conviction. You sh if you don't, there's something wrong with you. As a Christ follower, you should, you should understand and realize there are some things in my life I'm not doing right, right? I, I'm not living the way I should. And that conviction is good, church, because it, it just drives you and moves you to Jesus and it moves you to confession. Are you, are you with me out there? That's a good word. So conviction is a good thing. So David is asking God to to declare me innocent from my hidden faults. I mean, who can even get all my, discern all my errors and my problems? I, I just, I, I need you. I need you. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Next, God knows we're prone to sin. David, in this personal section, says, keep back your servant. Keep me back also from presumptuous or willful sins. Let them not have dominion or power over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgressions. That is a dynamic verse. A dynamic verse. Keep me back. Because we have those willful sins that we know it's not right. I know it's not right. And we just step into it anyway. We step into it anyway. And that's living presumptuously. He's saying, keep me from that. In essence, he's saying, God, guard me from an unchecked life. Now hang in here with me, an unchecked life. We should, we should be checking our heart in our life regularly. Men, regularly, amen? Our, eye, our eyes, man, there's, there's all kinds of stuff out here, man. Just crazy. I'm not, it's just, what are you watching? You know, I'll say this carefully. Sometimes you, you can't maybe, whatever, your, your first glance, right? But that second or third or fourth, we got something we can do about it, right? Right? There's all kinds of pressures and it's, just, it's everywhere. And so we, we lean on him. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Thank God that he convicts us of that. And we, we move through that. We, it, it's a constant thing all the time. Just recognizing that. There's times I'll just even say, God, just reveal, just reveal to me areas in my life where I'm not even aware of that I'm, I'm messing up. 
maybe how I'm treating somebody or I didn't just, then God will do that. He'll reveal those in your life. You may even be able to ask someone you trust, have you seen something in my life? You know, maybe your spouse or a friend, is there anything in your life that, in my life that you see that needs to be changed? Amen, family? Will he work through that? Don't become a slave to sin. Don't allow sin to dominate or control you. I'm just going to go ahead and read the passage. I was going to do it here. There's one I came across here that really is right in there. It says Romans chapter 6, verse 12. The writer says, Let not sin therefore reign or rule in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. Do not present your body to sin as an instrument of unrighteousness, but present yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments of righteousness. Just, a, just constant, man, right? Constant. That's why the word of God, that's why it's important to be in the word and hear the word because it reminds us it just brings us to, yeah, that, I, I, that area of checking. It's, it's all good. It's not a, it's just, a, it's how God's working in our life. It's, it's called sanctification, right? Are you with me? It's just calling that process of becoming more and more like Jesus. Again, three steps forward for me. Oh, yeah, then, oh, okay, right here back. And then a couple more steps right here. And just like, it's kind of how life goes, all right? It's, no one's perfect. No one gets it but we don't make excuses for our sin. We confess it, and by God's grace, we, we move through that and work through that. Okay, let me just kind of wrap it up here in the last verse of, of chapter 19, verse, verse 14. What, what David does here is he just kind of wraps it up and finishes it with a prayer in Psalm 19, 14. He says, let the words of my mouth and the, the meditation, the thoughts of my heart, the heart's the core of who you are, to the real you, be acceptable to your sight. O Lord, my rock and my savior, my redeemer, my rescuer. Isn't it good to know that, that God is a rock? I mean, you may know somebody and you say, man, my husband, my wife, my friend, man, he's just a rock or she's a rock. Okay, I, I get that. I'm telling you, man, God is the rock of all rocks, right? I just say this, God rocks, man. He knows, he's faithful. He's our redeemer. And so he's just, he's just praying here. I just see, it's a closing prayer. My thoughts and meditation, I think it's in context with the, with the text here, with the word and with the universe and all the expanse of who you are. He's an awesome, awesome God. So let me close with here with a couple of thoughts of just some, how, how can we grow and, and just move forward in, in God's word? How do we experience, you know, some transformation in our life and application? Just a couple of thoughts are real simple. Number one, believe God's word. You got to come to the same where I, I believe this book is the word of God. If you don't believe it, it ain't going to work, all right? It's, it's, settle it down, settle it, settle it. It's God's word. You, you go for it. Second, read God's word. Read it. You can read through the Proverbs in a month. It'll take you uh, three to four minutes to read a chapter. Uh, you can read through the Psalms, five Psalms a day. In a month, you've read 150 Psalms. Now that's kind of, sometimes that's a little bit more, and you, but you can work through that. Psalm 119, 176 verses, kind of a long, long one, but you, you work through it. 
You can read in the Gospels uh, earlier this year, and I want to do it again this fall, it's just to read through the New Testament. You can do it in three months. I think if I remember, I was reading three chapters a day. You can read through the entire New Testament in just three months. It takes you maybe 15 minutes. I'm, you know, just those, those steps. I would just say baby steps. Read a verse a day, man. Just take a verse a day. So it's not how much you read. The volume of your reading is just that you're reading. You're, you're in it. You're in the word of God. Then pray God's word. You read it and you, just, you pray it back to God as you read the word. God, I, I, I've been presumptuous, God. Uh, my, my eyes haven't been where they need to be. We're, are you see it with me? We're giving them, we're praying back. We're just praying. And we pray to God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your faithfulness. And then apply God's word. Put God's word into action and apply the word of God. Um, psalm 19 is a rich, a rich psalm. And I hope you'll be encouraged by that. I hope you'll go back and just, and even this week, read through it on your own. And just take some time to work through those perfections of God's word, his law, his, his precepts, and how it endures his faithfulness. He's an awesome God. And bottom line, church, is the way it always is. God's word always points us to a relationship with Jesus Christ. All the Psalms are really about Jesus. In fact, there's a book out called The Songs of Jesus. There's this connection with Christ and who he is and all of this. I trust you have a relationship with him. You put your faith and trust in him. It's not a prayer that saves you. It's Jesus that does a prayer. It's just the way you connect with him. Say, I, I need Jesus. I need you. I, I, I confess my sin. I am a sinner and I admit that. I repent. I, I want to turn from that and turn to you and ask you to come into my life and to save me. Trust you. Put your trust in the person of Jesus Christ. First John chapter 5 verse 10 through 12 says, and this is the record that God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. And he who does not have the son of God does not have life. These things have I written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, Thank you for Psalm 19. Thank you for being a God that's present. Thank you, Father, that we can look into your word. Um, and that's why we're in here. We, we, we don't get it right. And that's why we're here, to learn and to grow and to become more like you, to, to grow in our faith. Uh, to, it's, not just about, it's not about just information that we need. We, we, we need you. We need to, to apply and, and put into action what we read and, and what we hear from your word, Father. Before I close out this prayer, perhaps you would just say, man, there's a, I have some pressure points in my life and some challenges that I'm experiencing. And I just would raise your hand. Just, I just to, to lift you up and just say, pray for you today. Anybody would say, that's me today in this room today. Hey, thank you. In every section, thanks for your vulnerability. Thanks for raising. And God knows that, that need in your heart and life. Perhaps you're in this room today and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ. Not sure what that means. How do I do it? We'd love to have a conversation with you. You can use that connection card and say, hey, Bob, interested in what it means to 
to know Jesus personally. And right now where you sit, you can just call upon his name, recognize God, I, I am a sinner and I know you died on the cross to save me of my sins. I turn, I repent of that and I ask Jesus to come into my life. We do that in a prayer. It's not the prayer that saves, it's Jesus who saves. The prayer is our connection and communication with him. And perhaps you'd raise your hand in this room and say, Bob, that's where I'm at. I'm not sure what that means, what it looks like to be a Christ follower. And you'd raise your hand today and say, that's, that's me. Okay. Amen. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. I thank you for our church family. We don't take it lightly, God. And to be here today, we know you're not confined to this space. We come and we bring you with us in this space. And it's just great to be a part of who you are a part of your church. We leave today and we walk out and we, we hit, you know, life hits us right in the face. And then here we go. Uh, so God, this week, as we navigate our life, may we be prompted by you and by your word to stay faithful and just stay in the game, to just stay in our marriage, you know, stay in that job that's hard uh, and just a, a relationship that's difficult. Uh, that God, you'll give grace that we need. You are the, the grace provider, and we're thankful for that. We pray uh, that request and those prayers to you in Jesus' name. And together, church, we said, amen. amen. Thank you for listening. You're always welcome at Antioch. If you desire more information, please go to antiochbbc.org. That's antiochbbc.org. God's best to you.